0: Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: It is the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka, and thank you for being here. I cannot tell you how each and every day I get up and I thank God And uh, for many things, one of which is this opportunity to spend three hours on the radio following in the shadow of Glenn Beck and talking about issues that are important to me. And I think things that need to be shared back and forth between us, because I, I, I believe it's not just about ranting and raving. I believe it's about us taking care of each other and us helping each other and us supporting each other. So today, let's try and make sure we do all of that. Just, uh, just my own. I know I'm coaching myself at the same time. It's, uh, it's a, it's a big day for America. I think the president this morning, and if you were up very, very, very early, you probably witnessed some of the press conference that the president and the president of Poland held together, joint event where they actually took four questions. And uh, we'll, we'll get to some of that because I think it got a little contentious with some members of the American media not exactly behaving well. But the president also called out uh, CNN for being uh, really fake news, not just fake news, but really, really fake news. I know I'm not supposed to laugh at that stuff, But it's as if they can't even see they are being trolled. They are absolutely being trolled by the master of trolling. So we'll try and get to that. I I need to play you some of that because it was so amazing. And I believe I've I've got some help coming in Dallas. They're trying to pull a clip as we speak. I believe CNN may have actually spread some fake news. So we, we shall see. There's a meeting right now happening in Germany with Donald Trump and Angela Merkel. And all, all CNN has been saying all morning about this is, is how much Angela Merkel dislikes Donald Trump. Really, that's the biggest story here, CNN. That's the, that's the big news. I'm surprised you don't have a, a hashtag or a giant on-screen mention saying, breaking news, Angela Merkel hates Donald Trump. Really is stupid. And I know I'm not supposed to use that word, but, but come on. It's naked opinion being given by network anchors. And I'm tired of naked opinion from network anchors. Just tired of it. We are going to talk about Saudi Arabia today and why Saudi Arabia today of all days when the focus is supposed to be on Europe when the focus is supposed to be on North Korea well there might be something connected to Europe and North Korea and Russia and China happening with the Saudis so one hour from right now you need to be here you need to be here because we're going to discuss it with somebody who knows we're going to discuss it with uh, an author who has spent much time uh, studying the kingdom. He knows what's going on in the kingdom, and uh, you know, yes, there's some new Maxine Water stuff we have to get to today. Plus, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, we'll get a call from our buddy Joe Gomez at NBC News Radio, the radio division. About uh, what's going on with North Korea, because he's he's pushing uh, he's pushing that story and he's covering it very well. Also, follow up on everything else we've been talking about, because yesterday we asked you to weigh in on a on a quiz, and I think you guys did pretty well on the vital question of the day yesterday. I think your answers seem to seemed to follow along with what I was supporting as well. And I try to give you important questions, as we like to call them, vital questions, every single day. Uh, The story was about Representative Clay Higgins, who went to Auschwitz, filmed a video, talked in a place he wasn't supposed to be talking, and a lot of liberal minds exploded. You guys... Interestingly enough, 50% of you thought what he did was appropriate, 36% thought it was inappropriate, and 14% of you could not decide. So that means 50% liked it and 50% thought it was inappropriate or couldn't make up their minds. It's a pretty even split. I think a lot of those people who couldn't decide were, were kind of torn wanting to get mad at him. 'm I'm, I'm making that judgment for you, but I just want to. I just want to continue the discussion. I'm working on another vital question of the day. It should be ready shortly, and we'll get to it. Um, but But where to go first? I, I'm wishing these are days I'm wishing that we actually had a division, an office in europe somewhere especially in germany so we could have somebody on the scene to deal with what's going on at the g20 and i sent a note to um, glenn back this morning i don't know if he talked about it on his show because i was i was chasing a, a different story a story you're going to hear about at 1 30 <laughs> actually <laughs> another story that i might get a call from the boss about say like, did you did you really do a story about Michael Jackson's monkey? Yes. Yes, I have a, a breaking... <laughs> Sorry. I'm having a hard time keeping a straight face saying I have breaking news about Bubbles the Chip. But I do. <laughs> and it'll be about an hour and 20 minutes from right now. We <laughs> we will get to that. I can't keep it all serious. I really can't. I would love to say that I could, but I just... I just can't i I've gotta collect myself here, be a professional, look if you wanna join the conversation today, triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three uh you know I was hoping to be in England this week. We were hoping to watch young Riley Opelka playing tennis, unfortunately, he narrowly missed qualifying, so we move on, and we move forward, and we hope that we will be uh, watching some tennis at, at the U.S. Open in late August. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted. But there are a couple of interesting stories out of Wimbledon that I don't know if you're keeping track of. There are um, there's some strong performances by Americans, and there's some good things happening. One of the things happened yesterday— I thought was really cool and social media should get credit for it. The story yesterday that that took over social media, at least for me, was the story of tennis player Jack Sock, who has just a, a great name. Jack Sock's an American tennis player. He's not number one, but he's certainly on the move. And he's a guy who played in the Olympics for this country and won a medal in the Olympics and is very um, proud American. I don't know Jack Sock. I'm a fan. Jack Sock on his Twitter bio has the following. Nebraska born, Kansas city raised family over everything. Do you need to know anything else about this guy? Do you really need to know anything more about an American tennis player, a guy who's out there representing the country other than Nebraska-born, Kansas City-raised, family over everything. That's it. And so when Jack Sock ran into the situation he encountered at Wimbledon two days ago, it's no surprise how he reacted. Jack Sock was playing a match, and he won his match. And after you win a match, what you do is go over and collect your stuff. You pick up all your stuff, you put it in your bag, and you walk off the court. Which is always funny to me because professional tennis players are probably, overall, the least egomaniacal of all superstar athletes. And I see this because they carry their equipment out onto the court They're on the court typically without a coach or a manager standing next to them, whispering in their ear. If they have to have medical assistance, it actually forces a timeout and somebody has to come out. They are all alone out there. They are the last cowboys in pro sports and cowgirls. Yes, everybody calm down. So when Jack Sock wins his match, And then walks over to the the area where the players put down their equipment, the little chairs under the umpire's stand. He puts his rackets back in the bag. And there are uh, people applauding and saying things to him. There's a young man in the second row who's leaning over and talking to him and applauding, probably a young fan. And Jack Sock was drying down his face. And uh, his, his rackets with one of the, the plush towels that all the athletes get at Wimbledon. And the towels are a thing. All of the athletes leave the Wimbledon and the French Open and the U.S. Open and the Australian Open with the towels from the events. They are, they are badges of participation, ribbons in the days of the old, old jousting competitions, if you will. So Jack Sock takes one of the towels, the Wimbledon towels, which I think sell for like 75 or 80 bucks if you're in the stands. But this is a player's towel. And he tosses it to the kid. Well, the kid catches it. But at the same time, so does a a gentleman. Well, let's just say he's a man. So does a man who is in the front row. Right in front of the young boy. And the man won the tug of war. The man pulled the towel out of the hands of the young girl, of young boy. And so guess what? It was all caught on camera. And the the grabby older guy, well, he may have gotten the towel from Jack Sock, but Jack Sock saw the story on the news and posted on his Twitter account, If anyone knows the kid that unfortunately had the towel ripped out of his hands, tweet his name at me and I'll be sure to get him one. Well, you know, it's Twitter. So guess what? The story caught fire. Twitter found the kid. Or one of the sports networks did. But the U.S. Open tennis tournament also saw the story and responded to Jack and said, if you find him, we'd like to send him a U.S. Open towel. Adding, hey, Australia, hey, French Open, maybe send one of yours as well for a slam sweep. The Australian Open replied within minutes, saying, no sweat, happy to chip in an Australian Open towel. And Roland Garros, the French Open, also responded, happy to complete the towel's grand slam. Just a nice little bit of sportsmanship shown by an, a guy who appreciates what the fans are all about. In the days when we hear of terrible things from all, of, all angles of the sports world, when we hear just how much, uh, how much trouble some of these superstars are, in the days of hearing all of that, you hear about a guy who's doing well. He's doing very well for himself, Jack Sock, who still takes time to be a, a normal human being. And I'm happy to say that they found the kid. The kid's going to get the Grand Slam towel. And you know what? The jerk that ripped it out of his hands. Nobody needs to identify him. But the whole world saw what he did. The whole world picked up on it. So I'm, I'm happy to report that story to you today. Now we're going to dive into the big stuff, the heavy stuff, including Michael Jackson's chimp. I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's a Thursday, and we're already looking at Friday around the corner, so I have to have a little bit of fun. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. Yeah, we'll get into Trump, we'll get into Merkel, we'll get into Putin, we'll get into North Korea. But we had to open up with a little fun and a little inspiration. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka, on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka, with Mike Opelka.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. What are you waiting for? Seriously. I, I talked to a friend of mine today. I have a buddy who's just back from a long car trip, and he he was late for our meeting this morning because his back was killing him. And I said, is it, is it inflammation that's causing the irritation? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, how'd you know? I said, here, here, take take this. And I gave him extra. Now I have to order more. But I gave him an extra three-week quick start pack to Relief Factor. He goes, "What? Well, I don't need this. Yes, you do. You need this. You won't need to take painkillers. He was taking painkillers, prescription painkillers. I said, look, deal with the pain for about seven to 10 days. But just promise me you will take Relief Factor Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just follow the directions. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's all natural. He said, well, is it going to conflict with the uh, pain? No, it's not. It doesn't even bother with stuff like Advil. There's no conflict. But I stopped taking any pain relief medication. Stopped taking it on the eighth day of my relief factor adventure. And guess what? Fish oil, turmeric, the natural ingredients in relief factor have reduced Absolutely reduce the inflammation that was causing me the pain, so I don't have the problem anymore. Go to relieffactor.com, check out relieffactor.com, try the three-week quick start pack. I've got Matt doing it right now. He's my my latest test, and I told him I'm playing golf. I played golf every day this past weekend. He looked at me and went, "I would love to play golf again." So don't be like Matt. Don't wait like I did. Call 888-500, what is it, uh, 8384, let me look here. It is uh, 888-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Go to relieffactor.com, check it out. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384 is the phone number. Ask them the questions, get rid of the pain, get your life back. I know I could go on about Relief Factor all day. It worked for me. So much to talk about today. The president and his early morning, well, it was early morning for us. It was just around noon in uh, Poland that the president and the president of Poland, President Duda, and get it right, it's not Dupa. If you're calling a president Dupa, you're calling him president, but those of us who understand Polish understand. So I, I had some Jack Wagon, who was calling up President Dupa this morning. No. But the president then moved from the press conference to this massive crowd in Warsaw at the uh, Krasinski Plaza, and it's where they laid a wreath and a monument. But the president was out there, and he gave a pretty stirring speech, and a few points were very, very well received. For example, this one
3: just as poland could not be broken i declare today for the world to hear that the west will never ever be broken our values will prevail our people will thrive and our civilization will triumph now that was a nice moment
2: right a very nice moment but what happened right after it? the spontaneous response from the crowd that happened right after it I found even more interesting. Pay attention to the chanting. That's a massive crowd chanting "Donald Trump, Donald Trump." Thank
3: you. So together, let us. And Trump just like
2: takes it all in.
3: For family. And just says thank freedom. you for country, and for God. Thank you, God bless you, God bless the Polish people, God bless our allies, and God bless the United States of America. Thank you, God bless you, thank I, you very much. I
2: thought he gave a great speech, it's 41 minutes, uh, you can find it in a bunch of different places. That was the very end. There's some other highlights from it and some talking points from the press conference. We'll get to them after the break.
1: Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Can I get totally off the track here for just a minute? Can I totally just take a take an unsignaled left turn here? Okay. Yes, I can. Host privilege. First of all, Mike Opelka here on Pure Opelka. Thank you. Glad you're here. The phone number, 888 900 Join the conversation anytime. We'll talk about anything, as I'm about to prove. Top of the hour, the next hour, we're going to talk to uh, author and friend, Gerald Posner, about the Saudis. Because I got a sneaking suspicion something's going on with the Saudis. I know, I know the president went there first and we had this big deal, but there's something in the wind. So we'll get to that. So hang on. Um, this story, CBS News, breaking news, asking the question, are sleeveless dresses appropriate attire? Congress doesn't think so. Wait, what? Yeah, they've got to actually got people covering this. Rebecca Shabad of CBS News is covering the story. She tells the tale of a young female reporter trying to Enter a guarded room known as the Speaker's Lobby outside of the House chamber. But her outfit was considered inappropriate because her shoulders weren't covered. Oh, my God, her shoulders were exposed. She was wearing a sleeveless dress. Forced to improvise, the reporter ripped pages from her notebook and stuffed them into her... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is just insane. Stuffed them into her dress's shoulders. Openings that so that the which where normally a sleeve would be connected to create paper sleeves. An officer whose job it is with enforcing the rules in the speaker's lobby said her creative concoction was still not acceptable. So I want you to just wrap your head around this. We are the greatest nation on the planet. There's no argument. You can say we have some things we need to fix and some things we need to do better. But we are, in fact, the greatest nation on the planet. However, there are times when I question our own sanity. There are times when I wonder why we have an officer, an officer. And I'm betting you, I'm betting you the officer is actually carrying a firearm an officer who's already inside the Capitol, inside the area, outside of where the House convenes, outside of the House chamber. So a lobby outside of the House chamber where there's a room across there that's, that's a place where you can, you can interview people. But we have somebody who's, who's, check, who's checking dress code. That's the guy's job. He has to enforce or he or she has to enforce the rules of the Speaker's lobby. Ugh. Do you realize how much, how much crap in D.C. We could, we could get rid of if we would just stop and take a common sense approach, a quick look at what's going on and go, all right, that's stupid. We need to stop that. Let's just give it the stupid check. We have somebody actually doing wardrobe checks At the speaker's lobby, the room just adjacent to the House chamber. And there are, and according to the CBS News reporting, there are allegedly rules about what you can wear inside. Now, it's been kind of warm lately here in the Northeast. It's been, uh, well, today I'd say it's downright uh, swampy. D.C., as we know, is the swamp, so swamp-like weather may not be anything unusual to them, and it might not even be something that troubles these swamp-friendly creatures who habitate, who live in the D.C. area, in the district. So while those guys who are in the house tend to wear suits and ties, women, on the other hand, um, have been told uh, they have to wear appropriate business attire, but it cannot include sleeveless blouses or dresses, sneakers, or open-toed shoes. I'm going to take you back in time. Back in the 70s, when a young Michael Pelka was meeting with his uh, faculty advisor at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas, and, and this sophomore student was sat down by the faculty member who said, uh, have you thought, uh, beyond college? Have you decided where you would see yourself right after college and then 10 years after that? And then 20 years after that, where do you want to end up? And I do remember saying, and this might be an indicator to how I got to where I am today. You know, I really think the greatest thing would be to be comfortable, to be able to wear sweatsuits and sneakers to work. And my faculty advisor kind of dropped my file on his desk and he said, so you're, you're thinking about working in a sporting goods store? I said, no, I just think, I just think it's, it's going to be all about being comfortable so that I can be creative. Now, I have worked in places where a suit is required. I work at a place right now at the Blaze that if you are ever in the offices, you're expected to dress Not like you're at the beach, but like you're actually going to an office, and that's about as serious as they get about it. You represent the company. But in the Capitol, I can see they would want maybe suits and ties, but when it gets swampy, how about we have a tie-free summer? How about we have casual Fridays? Well, maybe that's a moot point, as the members of Congress may not even show up on Fridays. But it might be a good idea to loosen up a little bit. And they apparently say the problem here, the problem with this this crazy kerfuffle of the sleeveless dress being inappropriate attire, there's no real clear-cut list of rules. And they don't enforce them over in the Senate. So shouldn't we have some uniformity? Paul Ryan... Recently, according to the CBS story, reiterated an announcement made to the House lawmakers saying, quote, Members should periodically rededicate themselves to the core principles of proper parliamentary practice that are so essential to maintaining order and deliberacy here in the House. Adding. Members should wear appropriate business attire during all sittings of the House however brief their appearance on the floor may be. You know, I think it's okay for you to make sure the House members all wear business attire, but maybe you need to define it a little bit. I just think, I wish, I hope to God somebody has video of the woman who stuffed the paper into the armholes of her sleeveless dress. To show us that she created (laughs) her own sleeves. Kicked out, this woman was. I I hope we get to see this. You know, maybe, maybe we need to have a dress code that reflects the dress code of the network news anchors. Well, we couldn't do that either, could we? Because Fox seems to have a little different set of rules. And I'll tell you this. Jeff Zucker over at CNN... Question the content, but he seems to be taking pages out of the Fox playbook when it comes to female anchors on the network. There seems to be a lot of Megan Kelly-like approaches to the attire. Uh, the uh, CBS News story also does state that uh, there have been exceptions to these, quote, so-called rules. Former First Lady Michelle Obama wore sleeveless dresses to several State of the Union addresses inside the House chamber. So it's okay. It's okay for the First Lady to do it, but not for a reporter. No, I can't stand by that. And then we remember Bobby Rush, the Illinois Democrat, who actually was taken from the floor in 2012 because. he wore a hoodie to protest the shooting of Trayvon Martin so just so you so you you think that congress may not have earned the approval rating that they have the dismal approval rating that they have based on this based on the fact that we actually have people enforcing uh, attire rules for reporters stopping reporters probably she didn't have a micro mini, and a halter top on. She had a sleeveless dress on. Just so we know, Congress, you've earned every single derisive, con- every derisive comment you've gotten. You've earned your 15 or 18% approval rating because you let stupid stuff take up time. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And yeah, I would be all for getting rid of the job of the guy who has to be the gatekeeper at the speaker's lobby. The guy who has to be checking attire. What's next? We're going to make sure everybody's got a belt and underwear on. Gigantic waste of time and money. And I know I took an unsignaled left turn. We'll be back after the break.
0: With Michael Palka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Just around the corner, we are going to have a guest, Gerald Posner, the author, uh, will join us. Gerald's been on with me before. Full disclosure, he's a friend and uh, a guy that I I have known for almost 27 years. Yikes. Uh, But he doesn't seem to be aging, which ticks me off. Uh, We're going to talk about Saudi Arabia. Because I have a sneaking suspicion my spidey senses are telling me Saudi Arabia is working every end of the deal. And Gerald Posner's the guy that will talk to us about that. Plus, there's been a, a shift in power in Saudi Arabia lately that we should be aware of and we need to know more about. And I am I'm admittedly woefully ignorant, uh, not up to date fully on the royal family. So, uh, Mr. Posner will join us. Uh, keep Steve Scalise in your prayers, would you? Congressman Steve Scalise shot at the practice for the congressional baseball game. He was one of 30 who were marked for death by that Bernie Sanders supporter with a rifle. Yes. Uh, a socialist with a rifle. Think of it. The horror not a, not a conservative, a socialist with a rifle. But Steve Scalise was moved back into intensive care as the reconstruction of his, his lower half has taken a toll, and he's risking a severe infection, and so they're very, very worried about Steve Scalise. So if, uh, if you can, if you're so inclined to do so, uh, prayer is appropriate. Prayer is appropriate, but um, I, I just seems like just two weeks ago we were saying Steve Scalise was going to was going to get through this and have um, a great hope for a great future i I will get to some of the president's words as the the meetings with the world leaders are going to happen, but I'm nervous about what's going to happen in in Germany this week this weekend gosh it's it's already Thursday um, there are a bunch of people who are angry who have gathered in the area they have found the German police have found during some sweeps they have found a disturbing number of knives and other weapons including some chemicals that could theoretically be used as chemical weapons and so in an, in the interest of of making sure that everybody was safe the german government has issued a, a mandate an edict to the people who are going to be covering the the uh, g20 events they have sent out an order telling people hey uh, hold on a second don't wear your uniforms when you're out on patrol. As a matter of fact, they have banned soldiers from wearing their uniforms to the G20 summit. And they say, we're doing this for for your own protection. Now, wait a minute. You've got soldiers. You've got as many as 15,000 soldiers and uh, officers from, from different sections, basically different districts in Germany, coming in to be a part of the protection squad in Hamburg for this weekend's event. The defense ministry told soldiers who are on duty, don't wear the uniform. So carry the gun, but don't wear the uniform? Does that seem a little confusing to anybody? So then do you think some of these radicals, some of these crazy wannabe anarchists would be walking around not in in police uniforms, but in their anarchist uniforms, carrying weapons, saying, it's okay, I'm a member of the military. And if someone starts shooting, how are we to know if they are a soldier or an anarchist? I think this is really dangerous. More than 10,000 protesters have flocked to Hamburg. We will keep our eyes on this. And while you're praying for Steve Scalise, pray for... All of the world leaders who are present, all of them need our protection. When we get back, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia. What are they up to? We'll find out next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka.
1: With Michael Pelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Second hour of Pure Opelka as we are monitoring everything going on overseas. The president was earlier speaking in Poland. He has now arrived in Germany, in Hamburg, meeting with Angela Merkel, and we will get you uh, whatever news we can. Right now, nothing we can tell you other than they are meeting. And there are protests. As, <laughs> as of course, you expect there to be protests. Did anybody see the zombie protests? Now, actually, I can get behind the zombie protest because it was nonviolent. It was free speech, beautifully done. It was a bunch of people. I think there were about 900 of them dressed in all white, made up their faces, and they kind of did the zombie shuffle, much like uh, the, the, the zombie shuffle we saw in Night of the Living Dead, the first one, the best one, the George Romero one. And then at some point, these zombies who are supposed to be in their zombie state because they are disengaged from the political dialogue They shed their crusty white clothes and they become engaged and people. It's almost like the velveteen rabbit who realizes that they can be real once they are loved. If the zombies realize they are loved, they will shed their zombie. It's just today's show is totally off the rails and we still have two hours to go. Uh, the bottom of the hour, of, of course, the breaking news update from the Puro Pelka newsroom. Whatever happened to Michael Jackson's monkey? Yes, I know he's a chimpanzee, but it's fun to say Michael Jackson's monkey. It's much better for radio. We'll get to that. And uh, basically, the news on the Michael Jackson monkey is coming out of Miami. So that's, it's oddly connected to our next guest, my friend Gerald Posner who is an author. Uh, We've been friends forever and ever and ever, but he's still, uh, even though he's as successful as he is, Gerald has maintained our friendship and actually stayed in touch with me over all these years and appeared on this show in its different formations a couple of times. Uh, Gerald, as I said, is an author. You remember the book on Kennedy that I just think is the best one on the Kennedy assassination, Case Closed. It's also on some ridiculous discount sale today, which I knew nothing about when I reached out to Gerald. Um, Gerald has also written books about the Vatican. We talked about God's banker, God, God's bankers back in the day, but in 2005, Gerald put out a book called *Secrets of the Kingdom*, which is is about the U.S.-Saudi connection. And there's much to discuss about that connection, especially vital and important today. When we have a president who made his first international visit, kick off in Saudi Arabia, and now there's been some changes, some some things going on inside Saudi Arabia. So I've enlisted Gerald to join us, in the second hour today. Uh, Dr. Posner, welcome back to Pure Opelkasur. How are you?
4: Uh, great to be. With you, Mike. Um, I'm good here, and uh, somehow I'm not surprised that the uh, the monkey Michael Jackson story is out of Miami. It seems that a lot of odd stories come out of Miami these days.
2: Yes, there are many odd stories out of Miami, and uh, after I get through with you, I'm going to tell you the details about where you need to go today off air because I I would hope you might be able to get me some snapshots from. From the uh, the experience I'm going to share with you, and I don't mean to be um, mister mysterious about this, but you know it's it's a silly story, and I want to get to your serious topic at the same time. Right. So it it's kind of like our relationship over all these decades. Uh, it's silly that's right. and serious, uh, and you you seem to occupy the serious territory. Uh, <laughs> so, Doctor Posner, in in your in your world, your, your knowledge of the Saudi kingdom, I have to ask you, uh, there's been some changes lately, a new crown prince. I got a call from a, another friend who's fascinated with Saudi Arabia, who said that we need to keep our eyes out because Saudi Arabia is probably dealing with everybody and trying to make deals in case World War III comes out. And his statement was, keep an eye on Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia. Because he thinks they would all want to link up if there is a conflict over North Korea. Does any of this make sense?
4: Well, I'll tell you, what does make sense is Saudi Arabia is going through the most dramatic changes it has in generations. um, Since I've been looking at it very quietly, uh, sort of staying off the front pages. They're on the front pages of some of the British news, but in the U.S., really off the front pages, except for uh, President Trump's visit there. And um, those changes, I think, uh, mean that everything is up for play. You said a moment ago, what are they going to do when it comes to things like uh, uh, siding with China or Russia if North Korea uh, suddenly explodes? They're going to side with, quote unquote, the winners, to take a a word from uh, our current president. Um, The Saudis have always tried to do that. they put themselves on the side of the position with the country that they think will be best for their own interests, as every country does. But they're very good at survival. They're looking for an uncertain future. They never liked the fact that we went into Iraq. They told President Bush that at the time. They thought it would destabilize the, the Middle East and all their neighborhood, which it did. Um, and so as a result, they're looking for stability. But they're undergoing big changes right now with a very young guy who's coming to power. And it's a question mark as to where he's going to land,
2: I think. And the, the young guy coming to power, you're talking about the new crown prince.
4: Right. The new crown prince, by the way, for everybody, is a fellow called MBS, just by his initials, Mohammed bin Salman. But everybody calls him MBS. He's 31 years old. Uh, He is the first of the major princes to move up in power this young and never to have been educated outside of the kingdom. All the rest of these Saudi leaders we've dealt with over the years have gone to Oxford, Cambridge or Brown or wherever else. We're accustomed to meeting them. They have some grounding in the Western world. He's a very, very smart guy. He has big homes in Europe, but he, he is uh, educated completely within Saudi Arabia, and he sort of led a revolution inside there. I mean, he's the one who's responsible for their military effort uh, in Yemen, which hasn't gone very well. They thought that would be a quick win against the, the Houthi rebels. They, they're quagmired there a little bit. He's the one who's convinced Washington and the Trump administration to open up a diplomatic offensive against Qatar, He's talked about this ambitious economic and cultural overhaul at home uh, inside of Saudi Arabia, even at one point talking about income taxes, which sent everybody crazy. And he's the one who's leading the effort to make Saudi Aramco, the, the oil company, the biggest IPO in history. They're going to sell 5% of Saudi Aramco for $100 billion. The underwriters are J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley. That means that Saudi Aramco will be valued at $2 trillion. We keep talking about $2 trillion. You know whether Apple or Google is going to be the first trillion-dollar company. The minute Saudi Aramco goes public, it's valued at $2 trillion and, and $1.9 trillion of that still owned by the Saudi royals. So you have a 31-year-old coming in to become the crown prince That's the position that becomes king next. The current king is 81 and his father and is not very active. There's all types of rumors about him being ill. So if we have a 39-year-old president in France with Macron just elected, we have a very young leader up in Canada, we're going to have the head of Saudi Arabia in his early 30s very soon, very ambitious guy with a lot of new ideas. And boy, I'll tell you, that relationship is up for grabs.
2: Well, the interesting point you make here about so, first of all, the the excellent point you make about the fact that Saudi tends to uh, find out which way the bus is going and then run and get on it. In other words, uh, who's ever going to win, then they're going to be their buddy. But the the other end of this, when you talk about a guy who has been educated only within the kingdom, who really hasn't been one of the Saudis who went out and got westernized, It sure sounds like he has a lot of Western or capitalist influences or instincts. This IPO would certainly be uh, a brilliant move to regenerate the Saudi Royal Fund and and recapitalize the economy and, and I guess maybe avoid the income tax thought that he had. Doesn't this sound very Western?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what's so interesting about MBS and the reason that I find him fascinating is that you tend to think, okay, he doesn't have a Western education and therefore he hasn't spent a lot of time in the West. So he's going to be a real throwback to the old days, and the worst part of their most conservative part of their Islamic faith, Wahhabism. But he's not. In fact, he's the guy who is is really shaking it up. And he realizes that at fifty dollars or less a barrel of oil, that they are no longer as you know able to do everything they wanted to do when oil was double at hundred dollars a barrel he's, he's the one who's pushing for investments in solar power and alternative power and wind power as well trying to place Saudi Arabia in a place in the future where they're also making money off of uh, you know enterprises like Tesla as opposed to just sitting on the sidelines and watching everything go down the drain with oil so I do think that He has the potential not only to shake it up, but he is inside the kingdom. They have a thing called daggers up or daggers down. You'll like this, Mike, which is daggers up mean they're ready to have a blood fight inside the Saudi royal court. Daggers down means, okay, we can do it peacefully. And there's been a daggers down down, uh, sort of what I call coup in the last couple of weeks, which is MBS at 31 comes up to be the crown prince, but not without, without having to throw some elbows around because the crown prince that he replaced, this 57-year-old fellow who was considered to be the guy who was going to be the next king, is really well-regarded, this Mohammed bin Nayef. He's well-regarded in, in the West, Washington, London. They've given him the George Tennant CIA medal. All the intelligence agencies in the West like him. They think of him as very pro-Western. He was going to be the next king. He got pushed aside because MBS, the 31-year-old son of the king, is on the way up. And there are even rumors reported in the New York Times and in the British press that the old crown prince, the 57-year-old guy, is under house arrest. So there's a a struggle for power. But the clear winner is the new and up-and-comer, and and as you said, with some very interesting pro-Western ideas.
2: This is one to watch. This is one that I want all of us to keep an eye on. It's Saudi Arabia. It's a very young crown prince who's in line to be the king in a, in a nation that we consider friendly for different reasons, not just for oil, but for strategic geography and for helping us deal with some of the other issues in that neighborhood we call the Middle East. Uh, Gerald, before I, I let you go, and we're talking to Gerald Posner, if you recognize the voice. Uh, you can find his books everywhere. What's the deal on this uh, special one day only? I'll let you get a plug in here. What's the deal on Case Closed today?
4: Oh, uh, I I get a notice last night from my publisher, Open Road Media, that it says tomorrow we're putting your ebook on sale wherever e-books are sold, from Kobo to Amazon to, to Google, Google to uh, Barnes and Noble, for two dollars and ninety nine cents for one day only instead of fourteen ninety nine. So. I have no say in that, but I can say great. So for anybody who wants uh, to get a dose of common sense on a sale price, uh, Case Closed is around today for a fraction of its normal price.
2: A, a fraction? It's cheaper than an extra skim, latte, mocha, whatever. It's just, it's, Everything they're is
4: cheaper it- than an extra latte, skim, mocha, whatever. Uh, one last thing, uh, uh, just on the Saudis, for anybody – Nobody, of course, tapes this or looks at it, but if you go onto YouTube and look at some clips of President Trump's visit to Saudi Arabia, and you see him in almost every, if you then see what the young prince looks like, you'll see the young prince everywhere. Uh, When President Trump made that visit, not only was he there with the king and all the hierarchy of the Saudis, but that young prince who is now the second in line to take over, uh, you'll see his picture frequently near President Trump.
2: But he wasn't, he wasn't officially the new crown prince at the time. That's this right. Was... That, that's,
4: a, that's exactly right. What would be interesting to find out, Mike, and maybe you can because you've got some great context there, is whether our intelligence agencies, the intelligence agencies, you know, Donald Trump are often, is often suspect about because of the way that they draw conclusions, and he was about Iraq. Did they have a heads up that this was coming, that there was essentially this silent coup for power, that the young prince was about to throw out the established number two man and put him under house arrest? Did they give Donald Trump a heads up on this? Did he take that trip to Saudi Arabia knowing this was about to happen and therefore everything smooth and hunky-dory? Or uh, did he get caught flat-footed because nobody in the CIA or NSA knew it was about to happen? I'd love to know that.
2: I will sniff around, but if you hear as well, let me know. Uh, his name is I Gerald will. Posner. Look him up on the the books area wherever you get your books. The story that that we were following today about the Saudi Arabian Kingdom and some of the changes that are happening and what it means globally and what it means to us, you can see some of the early work Gerald did in research in Secrets of the Kingdom. It's a 2005 book. But I, I like them. i tag them all, Gerald. i touch touch them all. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate Thanks, you. Mike. Now, um, stay tuned. I will share with you the story and where you need to go in Miami. You and the dish need to make a field trip if you're so inclined to uh, find out what's been going on with Michael Jackson's chimp.
4: <laughs> all right. I,
2: I can't believe we just went from a global story about the serious nature of the Saudi kingdom and what it's going to mean to the rest of the world's superpowers to Michael Jackson's chimp. But there it is. Uh, we'll, we'll speak again soon, my friend. Take care and hide to okay, the dish. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. And we'll be right back. You're listening
0: to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze
1: Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I told you guys uh, I'm going through this process to find uh, life insurance. I want to make sure everything's covered, everyone's protected, right? So I reached out to our new client, Health IQ. HealthIQ.com slash Blaze. HealthIQ.com slash Blaze. If you're looking for life insurance and you want the big companies, the real, you know, the name companies, but you want a better rate and you're conscious of your health and you're trying to stay healthy and maintain a good health footprint, you need to check healthiq.com blaze. They'll give you a free quote. You answer some questions. You can take a quiz and they base the rates not just on your age and your gender But also on how you live. What's your mile time? Do you eat well? Do you take care of yourself? Uh, We were going through it, and I have not used tobacco products for decades. I used to love to have a cigar on the golf course, but no more. And you know why? Because I thought an occasional cigar use wasn't a big deal. But it was to your health IQ. And so years ago, when my employer said, well, even if you smoke a cigar once a week, guess what? We're going to charge you more. And I went, oh, sorry, cigars. Uh, I don't need you that much. So just like saving money for being a good driver, Health IQ lets you lower rates on life insurance by running your stats and your health-conscious lifestyle through their, their metrics. So check them out. Do what I'm doing. Tomorrow, they're coming over to visit to do the final analysis, like the mini physical. And then hopefully I'll have the the great deal they offered me based on all my information. Check them out, healthiq.com, healthiq.com slash blaze. Take the test, make the appointment, get the right price for your life insurance. We've got more to cover. Uh, Just around the corner, I have a breaking story. Have you wondered, Are you even old enough to remember that Michael Jackson used to have a chimpanzee living with him? A chimp named Bubbles that he took everywhere with him? Well, uh, there's a a new update on Bubbles. And Bubbles... (laughs) I'm just having a hard time keeping a straight face on this. Bubbles is doing something good (laughs) for his kind. Oh, it's so ridiculous. But yet... It's not, and I'm going to uh, hope that uh, Gerald Posner, the author we just spoke to who happens to live in Miami, I'm hoping that Gerald Posner will be able to witness what I have to share with you. So when we get back, just around the corner, the update on Bubbles, the chimp, plus there's some other weird news out there. I don't know what could be weirder than dedicating an entire segment To Michael Jackson's former companion, a chimp. Yeah, we'll get into it next. I'm Pierre Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: You know, one of the great things about this program is that we are allowed not to be too serious. We are allowed to have a little fun. We are allowed to flex the host privilege and share stories that interest us with you. And you, likewise, are able to and asked to share stories that interest you because we we don't catch everything. The story of the, of the Colorado police officer who was missing in Russia and sadly still seems to be mis- missing in Russia came to us from a listener, and we helped at least get the word out on that. That's kind of what radio and this, this crazy radio community is about. It's, it's educating, it's supporting, it's sharing, it's being of service to each other. And so uh, I consider it my job to constantly be on the lookout for stories I think would fascinate, entertain, and interest you. And today I have such a story. I have a story that I actually have a connection to because in my days as a wacky morning radio guy, being part of the biggest radio station in the whole wide world when Z100 in New York had the Z Morning Zoo and uh, Scott Shannon was the zookeeper... I was, I was part of that after my work in music video. And it was during the opening of the Bad Tour with Michael Jackson, where I was uh, among a group invited to the opening night of the tour in Kansas City, that I came into contact for the first time with Michael Jackson and uh, his constant companion at the time, a chimpanzee named Bubbles. The Bubbles was with Michael all the time. In fact, the hotel where I stayed in Kansas City housed Jackson. Jackson had an entire floor for himself, his family, his entourage, his security, etc. He was the biggest star in the universe at the time. And Bubbles had a room as well. I was on the same floor as Bubbles. Don't ask. Just know that there is a photo somewhere of Michael and Bubbles and myself. I don't have a copy of it. I know someone who does, and I need to get a copy. And so when I read the story that Bubbles was still alive, I thought, well, I didn't, Michael, Michael's gone now. Michael's gone for years now. But Bubbles is still alive, and Bubbles, at the age of, I think, 32 is doing something quite unusual and to share the story with us and tell a little bit of the story. Cause it's a good story. It's a story that has an ending that I think you'll say, okay, that's something good. It, uh, it comes out of Miami, Florida, uh, where Adam brand is the owner of a gallery and a frame shop frames, USA and art gallery. It's on Southwest 40th street in Miami. I'll tweet out a link to it and to this story. Adam, welcome to the program, sir. I'm glad you can make time for us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Now, Adam, how how in the heck does a gallery owner get involved with Michael Jackson's chimpanzee? And what the heck is this about chimps that paint?
5: Well, it's interesting enough um, to find out why chimps are painting, and um, and I'll tell you the story. So the story goes like this: Bubbles is at a facility in Wachula, Florida, called the Center for Great Apes, and he's there with another 60 chimpanzees and orangutans. And part of their enrichment activities over there is to actually paint. And really? I have a frame shop in our gallery. Wait. Yeah.
2: Hang hang on one second here, Adam. When you say paint, are we talking about they give them a roller and point them at a wall?
5: No, they give them them paintbrushes, canvases, and uh, non-toxic paint.
2: And they actually, do they they grasp the concept of painting? Well,
5: uh, interesting enough. um, So chimpanzees and orangutans, when they're a mature, you know, when they're past a teenager... They have the capacity of a four, about a three or four or five-year-old. So they like to express themselves, and one of the things that this center has found is, is that some of the apes do like to paint, and Bubbles is one of the prolific painters.
2: <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it's a it's a really different story, and it's hard not to smile and laugh a little bit when you think right. that this this chimp who you said he is like thirty-two now, right? Correct. Correct. This thirty-two-year-old chimpanzee, living in this sanctuary in Central Florida with sixty other apes of, of different kinds of age and and talents, has ta- has taken up painting. Yes, in his well, in his senior years. Right. So so
5: the story is a little bit. So the story really goes like this: so you have sixty apes there. You have twenty-four hours in a day. You've got to keep the apes busy. You've got to have them so they're not lethargic and just sitting around doing things. And naturally, a chimpanzee and an orangutan uh, are curious animals. So one of the things they can do is, is if they're using a paintbrush or their fingers and they're dipping in colors and they're actually putting that, the paint on a canvas, they're very, very intrigued about that because they're taking something from nothing and actually making images of it.
2: Hmm.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It gets, so even, they, it, it gets even better than that. Okay. They love some famous... So remember in the old days of Bob Ross from MTV? Remember Absolutely. he'd come on the snippets? So most of the apes love watching snippets of Bob Ross as they're painting.
2: So they take the guy from PBS, the guy who had the afro, and he would yes. quietly say, today we're going to paint a forest. Correct. And he'd, he'd make his little brush marks and he'd paint the fir trees. And they, they show the apes... Bob Ross clips as their painting. Correct. That's I. So I hope someone is covering this in terms of making. Uh, someone's got to make a documentary about this.
5: Well, um, so um, at the end of the um, at the end of the show, I'll give you the link for the Center for Great Apes, and um, or someone can go just Google them, and you can see a, 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 and learn all about the center and what they do over there. Okay, but. Um, I will say this is, okay, so before you say, like, you know, we've had reporters all week um, asking us, can we see what the art looks like? You know, I've been telling people is, imagine this. Uh, Chimpanzees and orangutans, they do have the mental capacity of a four or five-year-old. So we have to go to the days of when you were in nursery school. What does a three or four-year-old paint? And that's what you're seeing come out of the the orangutans and the chimpanzees. You can put whatever you want on there to show but they just love being creative
2: and that's what this is this is transferring color to a canvas and much as you said much like a three or four or five year old that's mm-hmm. what they're doing they're taking a brush and dipping it in a color and putting that bright color on a canvas and correct. that's that's what makes them happier and or keeps them busy correct wow. And now you're going to have an exhibit of the paintings and a sale of the artwork?
5: That is correct. So um, on Friday, July 21st, from 6 to 10, my gallery will be the first gallery probably in the world to put over 61 different chimpanzees and orangutans, their paintings, on exhibit. And the money raised from this is going to go to the Great Apes Center, which is having a a big campaign right now to increase the size of it uh, to hold more abandoned or abused chimpanzees and orangutans.
2: Well, you certainly can't find fault in the mission here, and you can't criticize what they're trying to do here, and that is to to take care of these animals. Either they've been abandoned, as you say, or abused, and now they have a center where they Correct. can be protected. So I, I'm fascinated by it, and it's it has to be one of the more unusual charities I've seen. Uh, just so everybody wonders, everyone who wonders, the Center for Great Apes is a 501c3, so this is a legitimate charity, and the money raised by the sale at Frames USA in in Miami uh, will be going to support the, the end-of-life care, I guess, the rest of the retirement care of uh, Bubbles and some 60 other great Correct. apes who are there. So, uh, wow, wow, what a fascinating story, Adam. Yeah, now, let me tell you some of the, let me, I'll tell you some of
5: the other chimpanzees okay. that are so you have, Oh, wait, there's,
2: um, wait, there are other famous chimps among the, oh, there the are. painters? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is um,
5: from, um, there's, uh, you have um, Poppy, which is Tony Danza's um, in the film Going Ape. Remember the orangutan in the early 1980s movie?
2: I have. So, I have to admit, yes, I do remember Tony okay. Danza making so a movie with easy. the gym he's of, He, he's a
5: he's um he's a great painter there, and uh, he, he's he's one of the stars there too. You have um, NBC had a soap opera called Passions. Oh yeah, there's an orangutan there called Bam Bam, and um, she's an amazing painter, and um, she's she's just she really takes the canvas by the by the paint, and she just goes ape on it. And then you have um, when uh, Mark Wahlberg um, from the Planet of the Apes, the opening scene, when a chimpanzee went into outer space. There was actually two chimpanzees who filmed that, and they were twins, and they're they're called Jonah and Jacob, and they love to paint, too. So those are some of the stars that will be here.
2: So these are actual celebrity chimps, orangutans, apes, and you've got artwork from all of them. I am, I'm going to post this on TheBlaze.com. This is uh, happening at Frames USA, an art gallery in Miami. And Great. the guy who's putting it together to benefit and help the Center for Great Apes is the gallery owner, Adam Brand. Adam, I so appreciate your spending time explaining this to us. To me, you know, it, it started out as a goofy story. It's a wonderful, yeah. fascinating story with a, with a good cause to it. So I, I applaud you for making this happen, sir.
5: Thank you. Thank you. So I'll, I'll say one other thing really quickly about it. So as an art gallery, you know, there's no discrimination of who we put here on our walls. And the story of putting apes on our walls has definitely been our most creative after 25 years of trying to have all the emerging artists from South Florida here. But this is something that now we're taking – you know, apes that paint and really going with it. And the cause is probably one of the best causes we've ever done to help raise money here.
2: I, I love the story. It's, it's a story that on a day that's full of serious stories that make us all a little crazy, this is a beautiful distraction. So I so yeah. appreciate it. And uh, we're, we'll be giving it more love on TheBlaze.com. But thank you very much, Adam Brand. Thank, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be right back.
0: On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I have to tell you, uh, I've been in this business a long time and I never thought I would be talking seriously, and I do mean seriously, with uh, an art gallery owner about paintings done by celebrity chimps. Not just Michael Jackson's chimp, but um, by. By Tony Danza's co-star chimp, or was it Scott Baio? I forgot what he said And by the chimp that appeared on an NBC soap opera, Bam Bam, apparently a, a good painter. But I, I, I just thought Michael Jackson walking around the world with his own chimp was, was strange enough. I didn't anticipate it could get weirder. And speaking of weird, uh, next hour, our friend from Denver, Angie Austin, is uh, is going to uh, join us and, and talk about some of the weird stories she's seen. I don't know if she can top this one. I seriously don't know if there's a, a way for Angie to get past it. And I'm still working on, on finding this clip, which I think... I think, really is out there. Uh, there's some fake news. I believe I believe CNN was spreading a story that is incorrect. I'll, I'll share it with you when we get there. Uh, a couple of other bizarre stories. This one I find difficult to believe. Uh, Tuesday night, a new Guinness record was set. And, you know, Guinness records, uh, they, they seem to be getting sillier and sillier these days. It used to be Guinness Records was, you know, something, something really uh, worth recording, like somebody who could balance 37 plates on their head and walk across the street. Well, a, a thousand people in Aurora, Illinois, banged their heads to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody on Tuesday. They were honoring the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World. This, this was an event held locally because I believe Wayne's World was, was held, the, uh, the public access television show featured in the movie was happening in the Chicago suburb of Aurora, Illinois. And so the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World, can you believe 25 years ago? But they had a thousand people basically doing the head shake, the head banging to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. And they set a a world record. They're going to get a citation for this, for setting a world record to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, The previous record was held in Australia. And this seems kind of bizarre that it was this week. Somebody actually got a record for 320 people headbanging to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. That seems a little lame, if you ask me. If you're going to get a world record, there's got to be at least a thousand people involved for a crowd. Seriously. We'll be right back with the third hour and even more insane news. Come on back.
0: Pure Opelka.
1: With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) On Demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Third hour of Pure Opelka, and I have to tell you, things are moving pretty quickly today. I am monitoring news around the world, around the country and uh, covering everything from serious to silly, as you witnessed in the last hour, we talked with author Gerald Posner about Saudi Arabia. Because I don't think we're paying attention. And so uh, Gerald's take on the new crown prince, the 31-year-old, and what he has plans for the kingdom, I found to be quite enlightening. We'll post that for those of you who said, I missed it. I missed it. What what happened? We will post it on the... Uh, soundcloud itunes stitcher etc and might even do a separate post on theblaze.com we will also do one i believe for the story about michael jackson's chimp the president currently meeting with angela merkel or it may have uh, finally finished yeah i think it did finish and uh we're waiting on a readout of that meeting there is zero news on it right now other than they did meet and everyone says it was tense yeah of course uh, going on in Hamburg, Germany, are protests right now, it's a- after eight o'clock in the evening, and we expect things are going to get stupid and ugly in Hamburg as a bunch of people are there protesting the G20. Earlier, we read a report from Germany that said the, the government had told police, don't, don't wear your uniforms they thought they might be marked for violence if they actually wore their uniforms well i i was confused by that and i thought it was a bad idea and watching watching what's going on right now it appears it appears that the the police are in fact in uniform and what we're seeing from many of the reporters on the streets fred plicken from cnn being one of them the, those reporters are actually wearing protective vests and in the case of Pliken, a helmet, they are saying that there have been some flash grenades, and we even witnessed during the news break, uh, Pleiken jumping as a grenade went off right behind him while he was attempting to give us a close-up look of what's going on. I don't know how smart it is to be there, but CNN's got a couple of people on the ground, uh, Atika Schubert and Fred Pleiken. Uh they're trying to give us a up-close-and-personal look. I will bet you police will move media away from this this center. And my mind goes back to our coverage of the campaigns and the uh, political conventions of last summer when we went to both Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and covered what was going on between uh, the different campaigns, the GOP and the, the Democratic Party. The Democrats had an area near the, near the convention center where they pretty much had all the protesters fenced in. And they were able to go there and chant as people came in and out. They couldn't get anywhere near the arena. And in uh, Cleveland, they were a couple of blocks away. They actually had a free speech area where there was a giant fountain and people were allowed to go and protest. Uh, what I noticed different here... In Germany versus the way, for example, in Cleveland, I thought the Cleveland cops, well, first of all, both cities did a great job keeping a lid on things. But the Cleveland police used bicycle patrols more than, uh, more successfully than anything I've ever seen. They had people uh, in, in terms of cops, small groups of cops, and they had formations that they would shout to one another that would be used, formed quickly to stop any group of protesters from getting through their protective barriers. And Doc Thompson and I witnessed this on several occasions. You could see a small group of cops on bikes and one would yell 100. And suddenly they were in a formation. And uh, I asked one of the cops about it. I said, is this the main way you're going to do this? And he said, yeah, look at how many people you can block with one bike. Versus trying to put people together in groups. So uh, this is going to be interesting to watch. And it's going to probably get ugly. And it's probably going to have some uh, violence as they have called for. The protesters here are calling for violence. Uh, There are signs that say capitalism kills. There are signs that say F capitalism. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the networks are having trouble avoiding those signs. And we're already seeing water cannons being deployed and people being hit with the water cannons uh, in order to move them away. But as the sun begins to go down, I'll bet you the tensions will go up. Uh, The Germans have also let it be known to the protesters, you will not be allowed to walk around wearing a mask. So the interesting thing here, all of the protesters are walking around without masks. I wonder if we would dare to be so brave Because, you know, when we see the Antifa people and you see the anarchists protesting in this country, you see them frequently just covered face masks, whatever they have. They're all covered up. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 dubious that we would have the kind of um, the kind of spine required to hold off protesters like this. But I'll keep an eye on it for you throughout. The president was quite powerful, I thought, this morning. Did you see any of it? Did you witness any of what the president was talking about? He was speaking in Warsaw before coming to Hamburg, and the president was talking to a massive crowd of people. He did reaffirm Article 5, so everybody in the mainstream media who's had their their drawers in a bunch saying the president won't tell our NATO allies that he supports Article 5. Well, I I think they got what they wanted today. Here's a little bit of the president's speech.
3: Americans know that a strong alliance of free, sovereign and independent nations is the best defense for our freedoms and for our interests. That is why my administration has demanded that all members of NATO finally meet their full and fair financial obligations. As a result of this insistence, billions of dollars more have begun to pour into NATO.
2: Now I'm happy about that. I don't know about you, but I'm happy that the other members of NATO are doing their part, whether it's sending troops or sending money to pay for the troops that the rest of us are sending. So anybody that gets upset at the president for asking people to do what was agreed upon, you're a fool, you're a dolt, you're a dope. What's wrong with asking people to live up to their promises? He continued talking
3: about NATO. People are shocked, but billions and billions of dollars more coming in from countries that, in my opinion, would not have been paying so quickly. To those who would criticize our tough stance. I would point out that the United States has demonstrated, not merely with words, but with its actions, that we stand firmly behind Article 5, the mutual defense commitment.
2: Okay, network anchors, mainstream media, did you, did you catch that? We stand behind Article 5. We are committed. Can everybody stop now? Can everybody just put a cork in it over the article five discussions. Yeah, the president and for anybody who thinks the president isn't going to get tough with Russia because he has a meeting coming up with Vladimir Putin. Here's what he said
3: just hours earlier in Poland. Today, the West is also confronted by the powers that seek to test our will, undermine our confidence and challenge our interests. To meet new forms of aggression, including propaganda, financial crimes, and cyber warfare, we must adapt our alliance to compete effectively in new ways and on all new battlefields. We urge Russia to cease its destabilizing activities in Ukraine and elsewhere, and its support for hostile regimes, including Syria and Iran and to instead join the community of responsible nations in our fight against common enemies and in defense of civilization itself i thought
2: that was brilliant the only other two words i would have liked to heard in there or three word two words north korea i would have loved to heard the president say something mentioning north korea if in fact Russia is supporting North Korea. I really thought this was a landmark day for President Trump. I, I just can't believe that there are actual actual uh, news outlets who are trying to find fault with this speech. He reaffirmed Article 5. He talked about our commitment to our NATO allies. He talked about Russia and how they need to cut it out, stop destabilizing Ukraine. Where can you find fault with this? There were folks who actually talked about the fact that they couldn't believe President Trump went to Russia, I, I'm sorry, went to went to Poland before going to, uh, let's say, uh, England for a state visit. They couldn't believe it. They're still mad about Saudi Arabia. It's just amazing to me that the mainstream media, and this is why I think Donald Trump is winning in his battle as he faces off against the mainstream media. He doesn't take their bait, but they take his. He's not biting. They're putting it all out there, but he ain't biting. And I think that's why you're seeing President Trump having the, the ground underneath him with his base solidify. It's just amazing. Just amazing. So uh, th- there's more to come on this, and, and we'll cover the story as it evolves. There's there's more happening overseas. There's also a couple of pretty interesting stories happening here in America that we need to get to, and the strange stories of the day. Our friend uh, Angie Austin from uh, from uh, Denver is going to be on with us. Uh, she's she just sent me a note saying. I've, I've got some really strange stories, and I need to go over them with you. But then again, you've already covered Michael Jackson's monkey painting. I guess we've set the bar today, and we'll deal with some of that. Plus, I think I think Joe Gomez from NBC News is going to check in on what's going on with North Korea. So we'll try and get to that next on Pure Opelka.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is Pure with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Pelka. Waiting on Joe Gomez from NBC News Radio. He's been covering the uh, North Korea situation. I want to get a check-in with him. Before we do that, let me remind you about Relief Factor. Have you called Relief Factor 800-500? Have you called him? 800-500-8384? Don't take my word for it. Listen to Steven. He actually tried it because he had a problem.
1: Uh, carrying a lot of heavy loads uh, a lot of strain on my back and ended up with two fractured vertebrae as a result of that was on a lot of high-powered painkillers and I've come to know over the years that have listened to Glenn that if it's a product that he endorses and he has on his network then there's a really good chance that it's that it's something you can trust and so I said well what can it hurt and within 10 days to two weeks I noticed a significant uh, decrease in the amount of pain I felt to where I Completely was able to stop taking the hydrocodone. I'm able to practice soccer with my kids, and I have young kids, so it's given me uh, a large part of my um, physical uh, life back.
2: That's what it's about: get your life back, get that large part of your physical life back, and do what I did: get the three-week Quick Start Pack. It's 1995, 1995 for the three-week Quick Start Pack. Check it out at ReliefFactor.com. Or give them a call at 583, 84, 83 84 relief factor. And uh, speaking of relief, I'm, I'm feeling relieved because Joe Gomez is on the phone from NBC National News, Joe Gomez. Uh, he covers all kinds of stuff, but specifically, this week covering uh, the North Korea situation. Joe, what the heck is going on with North Korea?
6: Well, that's a great question. I think that um, it's an important question, too, considering the fact that they uh, have successfully tested an intercontinental ballistic missile that now uh, some experts believe is even capable of reaching Seattle Mm -hmm. and uh, they've proven that they can put a miniaturized uh, nuclear uh, device on a uh, short-range missile. Uh, You know, there's a lot of questions as to what to do with North Korea. Will China put uh, uh, enough weight on North Korea to stop their uh, their ambitions to try to, you know, escalate their missile program. And it sounds like the Trump administration is uh, weighing a lot of options right now. And uh, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley specifically said that they're looking at a lot of different military options when it comes to North Korea.
2: Yeah, in that UN meeting yesterday, the emergency meeting of the Security Council, it sure felt like Russia and China were kind of pushing us off. Or am I am I misinterpreting that?
6: No, I mean the it, 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 and the statement that Russia and China gave initially it was uh, basically that uh, that North Korea should slow things down more or less, and that the U.S. and South Korea should stop doing. Um, Uh, elaborate military exercises as well. So they were, I guess, trying to be very neutral there and not really trying to be overly, uh, heavy handed, I guess, with, uh, North Korea. But, but clearly, if North Korea had, uh, you know, a weapon that could cause harm to, uh, to the U.S., you would imagine the U.S. might really, you know, think about giving some kind of military strike to north korea to prevent that from happening and that would obviously impact china because north korea would
2: be destabilized and i'm sure this will be a big topic at the g20 meeting this week i guess uh you're going to be weaving all of this together in the future reports
6: well i would imagine so yeah especially since president trump is going to be meeting with the president of china and then also he's going to be uh, meeting with uh, russian president uh, vladimir putin i mean that's going to be uh a very interesting uh, meeting that will take place at the G20 summit. I guess mostly on the sidelines, but uh, but we'll have to see. So, then I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what North Korea is going to do between now and then? They say they're going to give us uh, several. Uh, what do what they say? A basket of gifts, and that that the long-range missile test was only one of the gifts.
2: I and I did like that Kim Jong Un called us bastards. I'm sorry but that offended me, Joe. I'm I'm not happy about that and uh I think provocation at its highest level. So we'll see, we'll see. Thank you Joe Gomez, NBC National uh radio correspondent. We appreciate you.
3: Okay, thanks a lot.
2: I hope to hear more from Joe later this week. Uh tomorrow would be later this week, but don't forget We do a show here on Saturdays. Uh, Puro Pelka actually is on Saturday mornings, and uh, I expect you to be here with me Saturday mornings as we address it. Uh, As we talked about North Korea, I still think Nikki Haley is the biggest, best rock star in the Trump cabinet. And Nikki Haley, as we talked about in that discussion, was in front of the UN Security Council yesterday, laying the smackdown on the rest of the world.
0: Their illegal missile launch was not only dangerous, but reckless and irresponsible. It showed that North Korea does not want to be part of a peaceful world.
2: No, they don't. Continue, Madam Secretary.
0: I must say that today is a dark day. It is a dark day because yesterday's actions by North Korea made the world a more dangerous place.
2: Horribly so.
0: Make no mistake. North Korea's launch of an ICBM is a clear and sharp military escalation.
2: Does anyone doubt that Nikki Haley doesn't mean it when she says something like this?
0: Make no mistake. North Korea's launch of an ICBM is a clear and sharp military escalation.
2: Yes, it is. And as we heard from the president today, we are making uh, decisions very soon. And they involve what could be some very serious actions taken against North Korea. So we'll be on it. When we get back from a break, our friend Angie Austin joins us with some of the craziest stories of the day. Next on Puro Pelka. Welcome back to Pure Pelka. Before we get to the silly stuff, I, ca- I have a couple of things I have to address. Uh, the, the feed from Germany is now starting to show as the sun is dropping down and night is about to fall. We are now seeing the protesters actually picking up rocks and throwing them at police. So I imagine it's going to get ugly. Uh, they're, they're throwing rocks and bottles, etc., and um, it's not going to the, the, the cops aren't going to let this go on too long. They've already held back enough. The water cannons are coming out next. Uh, God only knows what's going to happen. I just I'm nervous for some of these reporters, some of these cameramen giving us uh, live Periscope and Facebook feeds from uh, Hamburg. So um, say a prayer for the reporters and the and also uh, the presidents and world leaders who are there. It's not a healthy situation. And uh, I got to give a little smackdown to Chris Saliza from CNN. There's a video that's making the rounds right now. It's about a three-second video showing uh, the president of Poland and his wife on stage with President Trump and Melania. And uh, the first lady of Poland is walking across and about to shake hands with either President Trump or Melania. And President Trump extends his hand, but she, the president's wife from Poland, the First Lady of Poland, extends her hand to Melania first, which I think is the proper protocol. So Donald Trump's hand was hanging out there for a second. She shakes hands with Melania, then turns and shakes hands with President Trump. Well, the the mainstream liberal media is losing its mind. Chris Silliza just tweeted A hundred and forty-one characters repeating, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And all I can think is, seriously, dude, this is sad. You are sad, Chris Saliza, And you're not helping CNN's cause. It's not making you any more legitimate to lose your mud over a handshake that eventually happened seconds later. Seriously. Okay, to talk me in off the ledge, somebody who's got some fun and and uh, distracting stories for me, my friend Angie Austin joins us from uh, Denver, from the Colorado, is it the Denver area, or can we say Denver proper, Angie? Um, I'm just outside of Denver, and by the way,
7: Chris Eliza, one of his claims to fame is uh, that, uh, quote, one of the dumbest, no, pardon me, one of the dumber and least respected of the political pundits from Donald Trump, that's a quote, so... You know, Donald doesn't have much respect for him. And by the way, Mike, just because you're bright doesn't mean a lot of other news people are bright. I have worked on, in TV news for 20 years, and I worked with some
0: <clears throat>
7: less than intelligent individuals at times. Some of them were brilliant, but I, I recall during a meeting once, so one of the gals said, oh, I know who that Yoko Ono is. Wasn't she married to like one of those Beatle guys, those Beetle those dudes, and she wished a dead Beetle happy birthday on the air?
2: Oh, my God. There you have it. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I do yeah. stand up for people I think are smart. I think Jake Tapper tries to give a reasonable account. And I think Jake Tapper does a, a pretty darn good job. But Jonathan Karl does some great work. And I happen to be friends with Ashley Banfield. And I think Ashley, who focuses a lot on legal cases, is good. But I, And my experience with Wolf Blitzer was good. But the rest of it... Mm-hmm. You know, Don Lemon seems to fall right off the shelf every day. Yeah, right falls off. off the shelf and yeah, hits well, his head. I, you
7: know, it's, well, I, I, oftentimes I don't respect um, reporters who um, on New Year's Eve talk about getting tattoos, piercings, their relationships for the new year while consuming alcoholic beverages on the air. I don't care if it's New Year's Eve. I don't want to see you do that.
2: Well, I, I don't want to see Don Lemon get pierced anywhere, but anywhere. I, I no. kind of would like to know that I was getting paid to drink on New Year's Eve. I, you know, come on yeah. now. It's, you got to give the guy a little credit for that.
7: Hey, since you are such a serious journalist, by the way, I've heard a rumor that uh, uh, when uh, Trump and Putin get together, there is a rumor that they're going to rent horses and go uh, shirtless horseback riding. Is that just a rumor, or is that has that been confirmed?
2: No, that's something <laughs> that is mandatory. It has to happen, or the earth will open up and swallow us all whole.
7: Hey, and when did you guys hire Tone Loke, the guy that answers the phone, the Funky Gold Medina? When did Tone Loke go into producing your show?
2: Can you please give us a, t- a cultural reference from somewhere close to the 21st century?
7: <laughs> Sorry, friend. Tone Loke to news. and funky, yeah, cold
2: Tone yeah, funky cold Medina was <laughs> 1989. Whatever, bro. You're older than I am. I'm older than everyone. I'm older than everyone, but I need I need to come in off the ledge because I do have a story okay. that I'm going to get to uh, just before right. we get out of here today, and it's one that you're mm-hmm. going to be furious when I explain it to you. Uh, but really? I, I have to hear the story. You're, you're telling me Angie writes me and says you live near Philadelphia, right? You're close to Pennsylvania, the border, right? Right? Delaware's close. And I'm like, yeah, it's just it's minutes away. And so what is this about a giant snake in Philadelphia?
7: And this is. Creepy thing. There are a lot of boa constrictor stories. You know how they've kind of taken over the Everglades and they're they're eating alligators now because they've eaten all the like a lot of the mammals in the Everglades. So when I see this boa constrictor caught, I'm thinking Everglades. No, Philly. Philly police catch a nine-foot boa boa constrictor in the flower bed at the front of this little you know, brick house in Philly. And so the thing that is perplexing with this, they say non-venomous snake. Hello, I don't care if it doesn't have uh, venom. It squeezes you to death and then eats you head first. This is very dangerous.
2: Yeah, yeah and now I, now I have to worry about this. A nine-foot-long boa constrictor caught. Mm-hmm. And now, first of all, do they give a neighborhood in Philly?
7: It just says Philly, uh, the residential neighborhood. It doesn't say where, but they do say, listen to this, because oftentimes when there's a crime, you don't want your name given out. A man who requested to only be identified as Norman said a neighbor spotted the snake. Now, is he afraid the snake might you know, remember his name and come back from later? Like, why does he just have to go by Norman? Ooh, the Gray's Ferry area. That's where it was. So
2: Absolutely. everybody in in the Gray's Ferry area there aren't that many Normans in the area. Norman's, True. Norman's snake was taken away. A nine-foot-long boa constrictor can do serious damage. It can yes. squeeze you and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It was coiled up on the porch, I guess. Oh, Ooh, not yeah. fun. Okay. Take me out of this. Take me to another animal story. Don't you have something about mice? Mice? Yeah. Okay. So the story is, uh,
7: does your sense of smell... Uh, make you fat and I found this fascinating because they took a bunch of mice and they took the uh, well this isn't very nice they expunged their sense of smell so half the mice can smell half can't they feed them the exact same diet the mice that could smell got fat the mice their litter mates the mice that could not smell did not get fat and I found this interesting because I don't smell that well so I thought maybe this would work for me I told you I had a personal story about this. We just moved into a new neighborhood, one of these little twins that I thought I liked in the neighborhood, little creep. He told my daughter, who's eight, you're going to be fat when you grow up. My daughter said, what? He goes, well, your mom's chunky. I weigh 137 pounds. So my daughter says to him, first of all, I'm not going to be fat because I work out. She said, second of all, my mom is not fat. My mom doesn't even eat candy. She's not fat. My mom is just wide and I like, I'm listening to the story. I'm like, what do you mean I'm wide? She goes, you know, Mom, like those other moms that aren't skinny. And then she names off all of my chunky friends. And she goes, you know, you're wide like them. You're not fat. You're wide. I'm like, thank,
2: thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but kids, kids say the darndest things, don't they?
7: She goes, I stood up for you, Mom. I told them, you don't even eat candy. You're just wide. You
2: can't help it. I told him, Mom, I told him, you're not fat, you're wide. Yeah, really <laughs> wide, like a double wide trailer. Oh, my God. I love this kid. I love this kid, too. She's great. I, I want to share one with you because I just, uh, okay. one, one of our friends, uh, Lenore Skenazy, who has, and when you ask Lenore, am I pronouncing your name right? She goes, if, if you're saying it like crazy, yes, you are. Lenore yeah. Skenazy. Lenore Skenazy just sent me a story. About a mother who was arrested. And why was she arrested? Why? She let her 10-year-old shop alone at the Lego store. What? Like, was she in the car? No. She was actually in the mall at another store
7: very close by. And she was arrested? Okay, I'm nervous because my kids are at the pool right now without me.
2: She was arrested... Charged with, get this, charged with endangering the welfare of a child.
7: Well, you can put an eye out with a Lego, but are you kidding me? Because I send my 11 year old into the store alone all the time because, you know, let's be honest, when you're wide, sometimes you're a little lazy, you don't want to go in the store. So I send him in for like milk. I cannot believe she was arrested. Like, were there extenuating circumstances that would, you know, she would result in these charges?
2: Well,. The Lego corporate offices had to be called because uh, w- one, one mother in Canada had a similar experience. Her son went to the Lego store at the Chinook Mall in Calgary. He had $200. Mm-hmm. They had given him yeah. $200, which to me means like you could buy the whole store. And uh, he was going to purchase some Lego stuff with it. She got back mm-hmm. to the store and found the manager had called the security guard to detain Good. the son and told them that Lego's corporate policy required a parent to be with any child 12 or under. Really?
7: Well, first so, of all, let me just clarify 200 bucks at the Lego store buys like a rock. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've gone to the Lego store, but they are ridiculously expensive. Like you can spend 500 bucks on like a little city or something or a star Wars that, you know, uh, put, put together. So I'm shocked that a ten year old because they're pretty mature. I mean that's like what fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade. I mean that's pretty mature.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a, f- a fifth grader, uh, a fifth or maybe even yeah fifth grader and uh, told and, and the mom was given an appearance ticket expected to answer the charge in a court at a future date because her child was shopping by himself while she was in another store in the mall.
3: It's it's just the common the sense madness. has gone up.
7: Yeah, common sense isn't very common anymore. And I just want you to think back to when you were in fifth grade, going into like sixth. The things that you did alone, right? We would go like swimming at something they called the pits, where they like you know it was just like sand sure. and a bunch like of water. It was just like yeah, yeah. It was, a court. it was like a drowning waiting to happen. And we would ride our bikes there alone. You know, yeah. I mean, think about the things we did without our parents. I mean, to not be able to shop for Legos without your parents is ridiculous. That you would the parent would be in trouble for that.
2: Angie, we used to ice skate to school on the Chicago River in the winter. Can you imagine? That. My parents would be locked up by now. I, I'm up uh-huh. against the wall. How do we find you, Angie Austin?
7: DaybreakUSA.com. I have Michael Opelka on all the time. He's fantastic. Thank you, Mike. What a great idea.
2: Thank you, Angie. Have a be great wise. day. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Before we get out of here, I'm going to remind you one more time, don't delay. Do this. Call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. That's relief factor. I started using it. I am a paid spokesperson, but I wouldn't use it and tell you I'm using it if it didn't work. And it's changed me. It's given me my life back. I don't take anything for pain, nothing. And I haven't since the eighth day. And it's been 12 plus weeks. Relief Factor. It's all natural. It helps reduce the inflammation, and that's what causes the pain in your knees, your hips, your back, your neck. It works for me. It should work. It can work for you. Give it a try. Three-week quick start pack is $19.95. Wouldn't you try that for three weeks to see if it would reduce your pain, too? I hope it has the same effect for you that it has for me. Check them out at relieffactor.com or give them a call. 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Some of you have picked up on the fact that I've tried to wrap up these shows every day with a little bit of uh, inspiration, with a little bit of maybe hope or discussion of hopeful things because we're surrounded by images and heated rhetoric and and the situation like we're facing in Hamburg, Germany at the G20 with all the protesters who are currently throwing bottles and lighting fireworks and God knows what else they'll do once the sun goes down. But I've tried to take a little bit more of a positive approach to things to try and look for good. That's the true definition of the word love is to look for the good in everybody and everything. And Billy Joel inspires me today. Billy Joel went to his high school on Hicksville in Long Island this past week. Billy Joel, who didn't graduate from the high school himself, he missed his own graduation. He was apparently one or two credits short. So Billy Joel went back 50 years later to give some advice to the kids at the high school in Hicksville on Long Island.
5: Right now, you're as idealistic as you're ever going to be. And that 18-year-old, is, you can
4: take
2: that with you the rest of your life. Whenever... You can take that with you for the rest of your life. You can take that idealism with you for the rest of your life. It doesn't go away. Just take it with you. Remember that 18-year-old. Bring that with you, and pair it with the grown-up that's in you now. You'll be unstoppable. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's wrap up the week. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure
0: Opelka
1: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.